All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 53 of In The Fat Podcast. I'm your senior host, Tony Kill, joined this week by Jordan Schultz and Jess Saban. Um, we did let Jess back into the podcast. I know if you heard our um, podcast um, over on Sunday, you know, Jess was suspended for his terrible takes on um, picking against <laughs> Notre Dame, but we feel like he's learned his lesson at this point, so uh, he's, he's going to continue through. We'll talk a little bit more about the Notre Dame game here, um, you know, throughout the podcast for Jess' um, enjoyment. All right. Uh, so today we're going to be um, previewing week seven of the college football season, talking about which is going to be a great set of matchups on paper um, and give our predictions on those matchups. Uh, we could jump into news first. Not a lot out there. Um, I will say give a quick update on Mike Hart. I believe he is back in Ann Arbor. And the latest update, unless there's something that came in since then, is that he is uh, trending in a positive direction and he will be uh, joining the team again soon. So, we hope he's healthy and everything's good there with Mike Hart. Um, they really haven't said what was wrong, so um, I'm sure that will come out later. Uh, as far as firing goes, there was no head coaches firing that I saw this week, but Rutgers did fire their offensive coordinator, um, Sean Gleason. So, Jess, our resident um, Rutgers uh, fan, and you think this will move the needle in the offense, you think? I mean, there's a lot of problems with Rutgers' offense. Uh, I mean, mainly just that they – they just keep going back and forth between uh, quarterbacks due to injuries and uh, the guy who was supposed to come in and kind of like help bring the program into relevancy, uh, Gavin Wimsat. He has not been what they thought he was going to be. He has not developed the way they had hoped, and I believe he's dealing with an injury too. But uh, just schematically, it, it feels like they're completely stagnant. Uh, they have not been able to push the ball down the field really at all. They have like no vertical passing game. And I hope this is the right thing for them moving forward. But, you know, there's plenty of issues and he was just one of them. So I do think it's a step in the right direction, but, you know, only time will tell. Yeah, I noticed the quarterback on in and out and injuries apparently apart. But, yeah, it's hard, though. If you're a quarterback in that system, you're just kind of getting thrown to the fire almost uh, – Kind of, you need a little bit more time development. So you got to hope that they can stick with one and they get to develop what they need and they get some playmakers around them. So we'll see what happens there. All right. The ever only piece of news that I saw was uh, Wisconsin offensive tackle Logan Brown, who's a former five star out of high school. Um, I think he's a senior with the team who was dismissed. I guess it was some type of action between him and a coach. They really didn't say the particulars, but he was released from the team. So it's not like a issue of him. Entering a transfer portal on his own, he decided to, you know, he was a missed and then he then he entered a transfer portal. So um, I don't know if he'll get picked up by anybody based on how he was dismissed, but more than likely he'll end up some SEC school and, and do well next year. So we'll, you know, watch that as well. All right. Now, again, not a lot of news this week. So let's jump right into the topics. Um, no major um, Notre Dame game this week, Jess. Did you want to, but did you want to bet against Notre Dame again, picking Stanford? Is or do you think that that should be a pretty easy victory there for Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I knew it coming in. The, all right, yeah. No, if I have to pick Notre Dame or Stanford, I'm picking Notre Dame. You know, just you know, we were t- we were talking a bit in the group chat, and you know, I you guys were saying you know if every time. All three of us pick the same team. That team loses. So if anything, I did Notre Dame a favor. I'm just saying. You know, I'm I'm just saying. So you guys should be thanking me for picking against Notre Dame. 
No, we're not going to do that. Um, but hey, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll keep reminding you of that game. Um, I, I'm just surprised they won, though. I mean, you what well, you talked about BYU as being that superior opponent last week. I just I was surprised they were able to come out of there alive with a victory. Uh-huh. But, but they but they did. They somehow managed the victory. Um, so good job there, Notre Dame. All right, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. get to the big matchups. There's a lot of big matchups next week. So there's a bunch of top ten contests, top fifteen contests. 25. I was with the biggest one, or one of the biggest ones. I know it's not the biggest one, but Penn State and Michigan. Obviously, if you listen to our Coach's Corner uh, podcast earlier this week, um, myself and Jeff, our coach Jeff, broke that down um, where we think, you know, Penn State is going to sell out, Michigan's going to sell out. And really, uh, you know, how we talked about this game is this is going to be the first game where they really have a test because Michigan had like a, a Charmin soft schedule at this point. Penn State did have a tough game against Purdue. They did play Auburn, but it wasn't really a great contest with Auburn being down this year. So this will be really the first true contest. I think we'll learn a lot about these teams after Saturday here. So, Jordan, what are your expectations for this game? Who do you think is going to win this one? No, I, I totally agree with you guys saying that this is – especially Michigan. This is Michigan's first you know true test on a – offensive and defensive um, perspective, you know, they played Maryland, but Maryland's defense is not the greatest, but their offense is, you know, pretty great, pretty good. But, uh, you know, I think Michigan's going to come out and play this game. It's at home. Um, if I'm correct, it's a maze out and a whiteout. If if I saw that correct, um, when I, uh, you know, on Twitter and all that, it's supposed to be whiteout for Penn State and a maze out for uh, Michigan. So, that's big, but I think with it being at home for Michigan, um, playing at the big house is, you know, always difficult for any team, you know, no matter who it is. And I just think Michigan has the better offense that and a better team that's been playing consistently better than Penn State um, lately. So I'm going to pick Michigan on this one um, just because I think Michigan is more a complete team, better running back, um, quarterback consistent. I just don't think Penn State has that consistency on offense. And their um, inconsistency on uh, passing defense is going to be a big uh, downside for Penn State this game. So give me Michigan. I think they're going to win by two touchdowns at least. All right. Uh, Jess, what do you think about this one? I, I agree with Jordan. I think Michigan is going to kind of – I wouldn't necessarily say kind of run away with it. I don't know if it's going to be 14 or 10 points. I do think it's going to end up like a two-possession game. But this is going to be a uh, real, real test for uh, Michigan's quarterback, uh, J.J. McCarthy, I believe it is. Um, He has not truly faced a really phenomenal defense so far this year as you said you know particularly that like first three four weeks I think it was they were winning by I think almost like 50 points a game or something ridiculous and this uh this Penn State defense has has been getting after the quarterback I think they're averaging like almost two and a half sacks a game they've been getting pressures but at the end of the day I do think Michigan is a just a bit more talented and the fact that it it is a it is a home game for them is going to certainly play in their favor. So I, I'm, I'm rolling with Michigan. All right. Yeah. I, I started to see this matchup as a very close one. You know, it's typical big 10 game where like a 17, 13, 2017 type of game that could come down late. Um, I, I do feel like um, Michigan these last few weeks have really, has really struggled, but they still blow out their opponent just because they're bad. 
I mean, just look at the game last week. Um, they had 10 penalties, turnovers, struggles in key moments, and they still won 31 to 10. So their, their talent is basically helping them out talent the opponent. They won't be able to do that this week against Penn State, but Penn State has been struggling themselves where they struggled to beat Northwestern. They struggled to beat you know, Purdue. Um, so it's, it's really tough to get a read on both of these teams. I think – Michigan has the better defensive line that could put pressure on their on the quarterback of Penn State, who has a lower ceiling than J.J. McCarthy. For that reason, I think Michigan will find a way to squeak out a victory here, like I said, 17-13, 2017, somewhere in that vein. All right, next game, let's talk about Oklahoma State and TCU. I don't know if you guys know this because all the talk has been about Kansas and TCU, but Oklahoma State is quietly 5-0, and um, you know, so – Really, all it's has done so far is beat Arizona State team that was supposed to be solid, got by defending Big 12 champion Baylor on the road, and survived a shootout with Texas Tech. And all five wins so far have been by double digits. Um, so their defense may not be the killer it was last year, but they, they have the you know I think one of the better pass rushes in the, if not the best in the pack in the Big 12. Um, no one in the nation is generating more tackles for loss, and their run D isn't allowing much of anything. So. You know, you combine that with their offense playing pretty well, you would think, all things considered, you would pick Oklahoma State, but TCU has been so dynamic uh, with the offensive side playing well at times on defense. So that being said, just, you know, tough matchup here. Very, I think very similar, solid teams. Who you got winning this game? I've got Oklahoma State. I mean, we're looking at TCU and Oklahoma State are both are three and four respectively, and in points per game so far this year, both are averaging about 45 to 46 points per game. So both teams can score. Uh, But what you were just saying there about what Oklahoma state has been able to do defensively, I think that is going to be the difference maker. I mean, I I still think this game is going to be like a 42, 38 kind of game, a 49, 45 kind of game, but I think Oklahoma State is just a bit more talented, and I think they are going to win this game and continue trying to make a case to finish as one of the top four teams in the country. All right. Jordan, do you agree, or do you see TCU pulling this one out? I do not agree with Jess. Um, Just like that Notre Dame game. Yeah, did not agree (laughs) with them. Um, I just think TCU is probably the – for Oklahoma State, this is going to be their first real test. I know they played Baylor, but Baylor's kind of on down this year. They they don't look as best that great. I just don't think um, you know TCU has that dynamic quarterback. Um, if they need, they can put up points fast in one quarter if they need to, and it showed you know last week. And I think the biggest thing is at home for TCU, and they're riding that college game day high of beating Kansas. Um, I definitely think TCU is going to be in this game, and I think TCU is going to pull it out. It's going to be close. I think they both have a you know a decent offense, uh, a good offense, um, a decent defense, and I, I think TCU is going to pull this out by you know at least three or you know it could be as high as seven. But it's going to be a really close game. But give me TCU. Yeah, I definitely agree. This is going to be a close game. Um, you know, digging into the numbers is it's I go I keep going back and forth on this. What's kind of swaying me in TCU's favor is um, even though Oklahoma State has been playing at a really elite level on defense over the last couple of years. 
both Baylor and Texas Tech were able to kind of really bomb away on their secretary. Their secretary has given up 304 yards per game, and now they're going to have to play against a red-hot Matt Duggan and this TCU offense. And I think TCU will have their way with throwing the ball down the field, and I think they'll end up winning a shootout here, like 41-38, somewhere in that regard. And so, it's, again, it can go over. This one I think can go either way, but I, I tend to ride with TCU in this one. All right, next up, let's talk about um, a game that you probably think would be on the radar, but it's Syracuse on a state. So, um, you know, Syracuse surprisingly has the best defense in the ACC. Um, you know, partly that's because of the schedule, um, but the pass rush has been great. The run D has been like a brick wall. Uh, and again, I don't think North Carolina State's offense is really high powered right now. You don't know if Devin Leary is actually going to be able to, to play in this game. I don't unless that's been announced. I don't know if it's been officially announced if he is out or if he's playing. But especially if Devin Leary is out, I, I don't against this pretty good defense. That's going to be a challenge for North Carolina State. On the other hand, um, you know, obviously North Carolina State offense is, might not be as explosive, but it's it's fine in a way that the keeping is going. You thought it was going to lose last week with Devin Leary went out, but it found a way to win against Florida State. Um, they look decent against Clemson. They didn't get blown out. And so, you know, again, very close matchup here. But, Jordan, who do you like coming out of this one? Do you like North Carolina State or do you like Syracuse? I'm, if if Leary is out, <clears throat> then I, I got Syracuse. Um, I just think Syracuse has the better offense, um, especially with, you know, NC State's backup quarterback is, you know, not the best. And I, and I kind of showed the last couple weeks for him. Without their starter, um, NC State looks kind of lost. Um, and I think Syracuse has the better running back, better quarterback right now, um, better defense. Uh, I'm going to take Syracuse being at home again. You know, these home, you know, especially close teams like this, I, I think the home, you know, home field advantage is huge. And uh, I think uh, Syracuse is going to pull this one out. I think it's going to be a lot, you know, one more one-sided than, you know, people are going to think. Especially if Devin Leary's out, um, I don't think NC State can handle um, Syracuse's run game and their pass game. You know the combination of them both—they're really, they're really dynamic in that, and they're really, you know, they can, you know, when they have to run the ball, they can run the ball, but when they have to pass the ball, they can. Um, and that's kind of—I think that's scary for a lot uh, for a lot of teams to deal with. You know, their their balance on pass and run, you know, is huge, and I think Syracuse um, is going to pull this one out. At, by at least 14. I think Syracuse's offense and their defense is going to, you know, be able to carry and stop this NC State um, offense, especially if Devin Leary's out and uh, they rattled that um, backup quarterback early. All right, Jess, do you agree? Or are you thinking North Carolina State finds a way to win this one as well? I agree with Jordan, especially if Leary is out. I mean, these are both, I think, top 20 defenses statistically, uh, giving up anywhere from about 14 to 16, 18 points a game. Uh, so, right, yeah, again, Syracuse, that could be a bit more due to schedule. But if if Devin Leary is out, I do not see NC State being able to overcome uh that a, a surprisingly good Syracuse team. I mean, you know, this is a battle of top 25 matchups. It's going to be at home for Syracuse. It, just things are going in Syracuse's favor heading into this game, and I I don't see them losing this one. Interesting. You both, both picked against the good old boys in North Carolina State. 
It's a shame. Um, well, as a Pirates fan, I that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, to me, diving into this, Syracuse might be unbeaten, but it it took a clutch late throw to get by Purdue. Uh, that's really been it. I mean, they beat Virginia, Louisville, and that's not really to me. That's not a big deal this year. Going to UConn isn't really a true dangerous road game. Um, you know, I, I just I think North Carolina State is going to find a way to power its way through. Um, I feel like the offense of Syracuse is just okay, but I think the North Carolina State defense is good enough to slow them down, and I think find a way to win a real ugly Big Ten type game like thirteen ten, some something ugly like that. But I, I think North Carolina State prevails in this one. All right, let's talk about the potential game of the week, and that's Alabama at Tennessee. So, um, obviously, um, Tennessee has the best offense in the country, or, or arguably the best offense in the country between them and Ohio State. They can score at will, it seems. Their defense is actually better than uh, most people think. Um, you know, I think Head and Hooker is this, you know, as probably a Heisman favorite at this point. Um, and I think he could actually challenge those, those, I would say right now, shaky Bama corners as Texas did, you know, think of Xavier Warby with, with Texas and how they were able with Quinn Ewers was in the game, how they were able to kind of dominate those corners. I think something similar can happen here at Tennessee where they can really make this a shootout, which is what Alabama doesn't want. So in that case, Jess, who are you picking here? Do you think, the evil empire gets knocked off this year, or do you think um, they find a way to get this done? Uh, this, this is a tough one. Cause I really do want to pick against Bama here, but I feel like picking against Nick Saban historically hasn't gone well for people. That being said, I mean, again, like you were saying, you know, Quinn Ewers was in the in that game against uh, when Bama was playing Texas, he was kind of having his way with that with that with that Alabama secondary. That's a mouthful. Um, but I think Alabama's gonna win this one, but I think it's gonna be tight. They have not done well against per, against strong passing attacks this year. It's like their one real weakness on that defense. And Tennessee is second in the country in uh, big play passing, only behind Ohio State. I believe that's a passes of 30 yards or more down the field. Uh, Hooker has been doing phenomenal this year. He, I don't think he has a single turnover. At least he doesn't have any interceptions. So he's got that perfect touchdown interception ratio. And it is in Knoxville. This is this is at Tennessee. So you know those fans are going to be going absolutely nuts. It's been 15, 16 years since Tennessee has been Alabama. And those fans, they want this so badly. Um, but I do think Alabama is going to narrowly win this one. All right, Jordan, do you agree or are you going against the grain here? I'm going against the grain. Um, Tennessee looks – offense is hot right now. Um, dropping 40 points on an LSU team. Yes, they're on a down, but their defense – and their secondary has always been consistent and good, but dropping forty on them is, you know, is, is something, you know, on top of it. So, you know, Tennessee's offense looks good. Their front line on defense against the run is really good. Um, and I think the biggest thing going for Tennessee also right now is, you know, Bryce Young might be out this game. Um, he's still hurt. He we we don't know if he's a hundred percent, but. With his injury that he had, I'm pretty sure he sprained uh, something in his shoulder, um, and it's his throwing shoulder. So 
you know, it's it's huge, you know, kind of thing that, you know, if you don't have Bryce Young, that's, you know, it's a different game um, against a quarterback that is still young and uh, playing. So, um, but if, even if Bryce Young plays this game and he's not a hundred percent, if that Tennessee defensive line gets to him, I, I, I can see him coming out early. So I, I think Tennessee's offense can score, outscore Alabama, especially in, you know, with their defense being kind of down this year. Um, especially against seeing like the Texas game winning by one point against, you know, Quinn Ewers kind of had his way until he got hurt. Um, Texas A&M having kind of their way against Alabama. They just kind of look lost um, without their, you know, Bryce Young at 100%. So Tennessee, I definitely think it's going to be close, but I think Tennessee is going to pull this one out. You're braver than me, Jordan. I am not. Tennessee looks hot, is hot right now offensively. Picking against Nick Saban, though, like it it feels like it's trying to pick against Bill Belichick, like all of these things, you know, it's like everything you just said was 100% correct with all these great things about Tennessee. But then on the other hand, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, you know, they just always find a way and then you get disappointed. I I just can't bring myself. if If it was at home, if it was at Alabama, it'd be a different story. It's at Tennessee. Game day's there. Tennessee has wanted this more than probably any team that has ever played Alabama. And I think Tennessee is going to have this this year. And they're not going to look back once they start playing. The big thing about this game, too, is if Tennessee pulls this out, are we talking about Tennessee to the playoffs? I mean, after this, they've really only got – I mean, they've still got Georgia on the schedule. But, you know – could they could they do this? I I don't know. I, I I can't bring myself to pick against Nick Saban. I, I just can't. I'm hoping I'm wrong though. I am hoping I'm wrong. <laughs> so I am uh going with Alabama on this one. Um only because I've seen this movie many times before. The hot offensive team comes in to play Alabama. Alabama's struggling a bit. Are they gonna be able to beat this team? And that is usually when Alabama just absolutely destroys that other team. I'm thinking of some old Miss teams that you thought like, oh yeah, this mm-hmm. is going to be the year Ole Miss is going to is really going to take them behind the woodshed, and it's just like sixty to seven or some crazy number. So I, I, I'm not going to to your point, just I'm not going to bet against Nick Saban right now. I think they're going to be Tennessee. Tennessee's going to hit hit in half a little bit. They're going to lose later to Georgia, but they're not getting a good bowl game. But I think this is where Tennessee's like magical story ends this year. All right, it's so bad to say it. <laughs> All right, Mississippi State and Kentucky. This is um, a weird game. I'm not really sure what the this game. They're they're both in the top twenty. I'm not sure they should be, but um, Mississippi State. It surprised me. I think a couple weeks ago I mentioned that maybe they need to look at a different head coach in Mississippi State because I don't know if they have the right one there. Um, and all they did since then is never have not lost. So. I guess I gave Mike Leach um, some motivation to to go on this winning streak, but they've looked good. They beat Texas A and M. They they won last week. Um, Kentucky's coming off a loss to South Carolina. Um, is Will Levis going to play? You don't know. This one's just a weird, murky game. So, um, Jess, who do you got this one? Uh, if Levis isn't playing, then I'm taking Mississippi State. If he is, then I think I'm still going to run with Kentucky. I mean, Mississippi State really hasn't – I mean, Arkansas looked good earlier in the year, uh, but, I mean, Mississippi State really hasn't beaten anybody all that impressive. I haven't truly thought they were anything 
spectacular. They're not blowing anybody away in the scoring department. They've had a solid enough defense, I guess. But if he if Levis isn't playing, I'm rolling with Kentucky. If he is, uh, sorry, if he isn't playing, I'm running with State. And if he is, I'm rolling with Kentucky. As of right now, uh, I think I'm going to take Mississippi State because I don't think they're going to play him. I don't think they want to force the issue with his hand. So that's the, that's my two thoughts there. <laughs> All right, Jordan, do you agree? I'm with Jess on that. Um, on the, the Mississippi State winning, I, I think even with what Levis, um, him being out for such a you know a couple games, I think it, it you know it, it'll be hard for him to transition and get back to you know playing what we've saw. And will you know Rogers looks really good this year. Um, he's the leader in rush or passing yards uh, so far this year. He's second in touchdowns. Um, he looks good. He's accurate. He's you know passing. You know they got the deep ball. You know so I think especially this year. If we were talking about last year, Kentucky 100. percent But Mississippi State's offense, you know, can make those big plays. Kentucky has been kind of. It doesn't look like Kentucky we saw last year. Defense doesn't look that great. Offense is kind of less, you know, you know, lacking in a lot of places. So I'm going to pick Mississippi State. You know, even if Levis is playing for Kentucky, I'm still going to, you know, roll with that Mississippi State. I think their offense is rolling, especially on a down Kentucky right now. Yeah, I tend to agree with you guys. I think Mississippi State's going to win, which means, as we said before, Kentucky's probably going to win this game. Um, but I think Mississippi State is actually, surprising to me, a real physical team this year. Normally, when I think of Mike Leach teams, I think of really finesse, non-physical teams. But from watching them, they look like a real physical team that can compete with some of the big boys in the SEC. And so I, I like what they're doing on the offense and defense. So I, I'll, I'll roll with Mississippi State in this one as well. All right, let's talk about Clemson and Florida State next. So, um, you know, obviously Florida, you know, Clemson's coming in, just getting their swagger back. They're they're playing really good defense. At times, the offense looks good. At times. It looks like it did last year, so you never quite know what you're going to get. Um, but, you know, my question would be, can Jordan Travis, you know, take advantage of this Clemson secondary? If you pick up that Wake Forest game, Wake Forest, you know, threw the ball over the field. Um, can he do what they did? I think he, you know, I think Travis has the ability to get going with the mid-range throws, and he's really deadly when he gets in that rhythm. So, and I know you've been a big fan of his, Jordan. Um, so I think he has a, the ability to do that. Um, I guess my question is, can their defense do enough to stop this Clemson um, offense, which has a little more talent than that they do? So, Jordan, what would you say you think is going to happen in this one? I mean, I know I've been riding Jordan Travis. He's having a great year so far, you know, especially how you know young he is. But I'm going to pick Clemson on this game. Um, I just think Clemson's um, front line on defense is still dominant, and I think they're going to – you know, really key up and get on to Jordan Travis, you know, early and, you know, often in this game. And I still, and I think Clemson's offense can still score. Um, I know that they're, you know, they didn't play, their defense didn't play that well against Wake Forest. But, you know, if you look at the schedule combined, like the Florida State and Clemson, they played Wake Forest. Florida State also played Wake Forest and they lost 31 to 21. Um, and I, I would think Clemson and Wake Forest, especially right now for Clemson, have the kind of same secondary, um, you know, so giving up the big plays. So I want to pick Clemson. I think Clemson's going to go uh, into Florida State and dominate. I think um, their offense right now is still looking good. Their defense 
if players are back, um, I think they're and they're healthy. I think their defense is going to do a lot of a lot of things in this game, and I, I just don't think Jordan Travis is going to be able to compete right, especially this year. Um, just you know, for him, this is the first time he's going to be a full reign of this team. So I, I'm going to pick Clemson. All right, Jess, do you agree? Yeah, I'm also picking Clemson. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I mean. According to 24-7 Sports, Clemson is the fifth most talented team in the country. I, I think at especially at the college level, the, the talent, you know, there are some nice stories, but I don't think, you know, Florida State's really going to be able to match up all that well. I think Clemson's just got too much going for them. I think they've been figuring some things out over the course of the season. You know, there's a whole bunch of questions about their quarterback and you know, DJ. And while he hasn't exactly been the world beater, everyone thought he was going to be, you know, the successor to Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, I think he has been getting a bit better each game. And I think Clemson is, they're trying to make their push for the playoff. I think right now they're, they're in the last day people. I think they were fifth. I think they're just behind Michigan and, you know, Michigan still has to play Ohio State and later this year. So Clemson, I, I think they're going to be doing everything they can to win each and every one of these games. And I think they come in. I think they roll. I think yeah, I, I agree. I think their defensive line is going to be a little bit too much for Florida State's offensive line. The offensive line of Florida State has improved. But over the last couple of years, they've been one of the poorest units. And they've been – they hit the transfer portal, running young guys, and it's a lot better, but I don't think it's at the level of that Clemson defensive line yet. So I don't think Jordan Travis will have as much time to throw the ball um, down the field to take advantage of some of those the secondary issues Clemson may have. So I think Clemson will be able to pull this one out by 14 to 21 points. And I don't think Clemson will lose until he gets another game. Right, Jess? That's right. Yeah. Jess said yes. He said yes in the uh, video. Yeah, yeah. We all heard it. Y'all heard it here. Uh, Jess is uh, a Notre Dame fan now. Um, uh, <laughs> he's joined the fan club. Rutgers. Yeah, he's dropped right. the Rutgers. You don't watch Rutgers. Come on, watch Notre Dame. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and act like watching Notre Dame wouldn't be more entertaining and probably less heartbreaking than watching Rutgers every Saturday. Uh, so, still pretty heartbreaking. I mean, yeah. that Nebraska game, I, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to get into that. I was at that game. <laughs> I was at the game. I was like so happy, and then the second half happened, and then I was sad. <laughs> they, have, they have one sit stand though, so you know they're moving in the right direction. So you got to look at it that way. Well, Nebraska, not not Rutgers, I guess. That's yeah, Nebraska seems to be turning some things around. Not Rutgers. <laughs> Sorry, I rubbed that in your face. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk. Uh, what's next? Let's talk about USC and Utah. It's an interesting game. Lost a little bit of its luster. Of Utah losing to UCLA last week, but you know, still, still a lot to play for here for both teams. Um, you know, Utah obviously I think has a stronger defense, but USC has a stronger offense, and so you got to think which one's going to win. Where's this game at, Jordan? Do you know, off the top of Utah, your Utah, um, which means Utah will win because they only win at home, as I have mentioned a couple times. I think they're terrible on the road, so um, but. Do you agree, Jordan? What do you think is going to win? Is the home atmosphere enough to get Utah this win, or do you think USC pulls this one out? I, I think the home atmosphere is going to be enough to give this Utah this win. I think this is going to be one of the most testing games for USC. Being away, you know, we already saw them play against Oregon State, who had a you know a good defense, and now they're going to play another team that has a good defense but can score as well. 
So I think Utah is going to, you know, uh, be able to hold off USC's offensive, you know, passing attack and everything. And I think, you know, even with that loss last week against UCLA, and I've heard a lot of things UCLA, um, a lot of people are saying they're the favorites right now in the Pac-12 because they're, you know, the ways they've been winning. So um, that's okay loss. And, you know, like you said, they're bad away, um, but they're at home against the USC defense that's not that great. So give me give me Utah. All right. Chess, what do you say? I came on this show last week and I was talking about how much I loved USC. Um and I do still really like USC, particularly <laughs> with what they have moving forward. That being said, I was listening to uh Joel Klatt on Fox Sports and he brought up this really good point about what football is a game of matchups. And he was talking about what is the one thing that Utah does more than anybody else in, in the Pac-12? Run the ball. They average 39 rushing attempts a game. And the one, the main aspect of USC's defense that they're not good at is run defense. They give up like 4.5 yards per carry. Um, and I think that with... You know, this is a Utah team. They're a bit more experienced. They're at home, and well, how I so much of football does come back to come back to quarterback play. And I am still ridiculously high on Caleb Williams. I do think Utah is just. I think they're going to maintain possession of the ball for majority of the, of the game. They're going to keep USC's offense off the field, and I think that's going to be the difference there. Uh, so I think I'm going with Utah this week. All right, good. I think good choice. I think I think it's easy to pick Utah. Their home environment, they that home environment is usually pretty crazy there in Utah. It's the only team in town. There's no pro team, so that's the that's the big team there. Um, you know, they so it's easy to jazz. pick them. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, <laughs> they do. They do have the Jazz. Sorry, Jazz. Even though they traded all their players, so they, their team sucks. Right <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that in a future basketball podcast. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so I, I think I could see Utah winning this way, but I could also see USC just figuring out a way to win. They've been doing that all year. But your point, I like the Utah running game, and so I think Utah will end up finding a way to win by seven to ten points. Uh, give the first loss to Lincoln Rally there in USC. All right, there's a lot of other games, so I'm gonna go for them really quickly, and then I'll get you guys' thoughts on anything that stands out to any of these games. So, first up, we have Minnesota at number 24, Illinois. Uh, to me, Minnesota's been up and down. Illinois has been playing more like a Wisconsin than Wisconsin has with Brett Bielema there. So, I think it's gonna be an interesting matchup to see, you know, who has the potential to, to win that uh, Big Ten West. So, this is a, a really key, a key game there. Uh, then you have Iowa State at Texas. Iowa State. Plays the best defense in the Big 12. They're going against probably the best offense or one of the best offenses in the Big 12 in Texas. So which one will win? This is in Texas. So you got to get a little bit of an edge to Texas there the way they've been playing. But you never know. Iowa State makes things you know difficult for teams. Um, Auburn, you know, plays number nine Ole Miss. This should be an easy win for Ole Miss. But, again, you can never count out Auburn. They, they show up in some weird games. Just like they did against Alabama last year. Uh, you have number 19, Kansas, at Oklahoma. You know, Jalen Daniels looks like he's out for the season or at least for a couple games. So, you know, obviously they have a pretty good um, backup behind them. Can Oklahoma stop them at all? This will be an interesting test. If Oklahoma loses this game, 
I think Brett Bielma might be in trouble because that'd be four losses in a row, especially if they get blown out. Then you have Vanderbilt in number one, Georgia. Uh, should it be much of a contest? If it's close, then you know we continue to talk about those issues Georgia's has. And then you know I just wanted to mention number twenty-five, James Madison. They're, they're in the top twenty-five. Uh, they play Georgia Southern, Clay Helton's team. So that should be an interesting matchup that I, I think James Madison should be able to pull away and win. Um, so out of those matchups, anything stand out to you, Jordan? Um, the like you said, the Illinois Minnesota game, um, big. You know, the signing of who comes out of their conference, uh, their side of the conference. But if you look at the stat-wise, quarterback plays, you know, they're kind of the same. But, you know, running back, I think Illinois, you know, they have the number one running back in the you know the country right now. Um, he has almost, he has 879, you know, rushing yards. He, Illinois is running like crazy. And, and I think they're going to, you, know, uh, you know, be able to take Minnesota, uh, especially early. Um, especially with this run game, it's going to wear him down. Um, but uh, James Madison at the uh, Georgia Southern, it sucks. James Madison's undefeated. You know, they're ranked, but they can't win their conference. Um, I'm pretty sure they can't go to a bowl game because they're in that transition year, um, which sucks because, you know, I would love to see James Madison, you know, break that, you know, transition. You know, Georgia Southern transition, they look, you know, like an FCS school. George, James Madison Looks like they should have been FBS school all the whole time. Um, I bet they, you know, they, you know, they dominate and they've shown, you know, that they dominate and they, you know, App State, they came back on a, at a you know, 28 to three, you know, deficit, you know, did, did do the, do the Tom Brady a little bit in the Super Bowl. So, but you know, those, those two games and the Kansas game, I think Kansas is going to blow out Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma's defense, I don't think Oklahoma's offense either can compete with a lot of teams right now. All right. Good analysis. Jess, any thoughts for you on these games? Um, similarly with the Illinois, I mean, I think the more interesting aspect of Illinois' team this year has been their defense. They currently have the number one scoring defense in the country. They only give up around eight points a game. So if they're going to, if they can keep that up, then they're going to be giving some other teams some interesting fights later on in the year there. But I think the most interesting thing about the Kansas-Oklahoma game is I, Jalen Daniels, is he going to be out? I You guys texted that, and I misread the, the dot part where he was like, man, this a, the, some guy tweeted out apparently that he's done for the year. Jalen Daniels was like, hey, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. So I think he will be out this game. And if Oklahoma can't even keep it close, forget win, you know, if they do get blown out, then that is going to raise some interesting questions about their head coach going forward. I mean, you know, I keep I went earlier to the NFL going back there. Now, Matt Rule just got fired and he was the Baylor head coach not too long ago. And he had them competing quite well. So do, you know, those Oklahoma boosters, they look to buy out the contract, check things out with a you know, outside of what they currently have in Venables. Um, but other than that, I mean, Ole Miss should roll. I expect Texas, honestly, to roll. I mean, Quinn Ewers looks, you know, that that offense with and without him, you know, it is kind of night and day. So I, I think all things considered, Georgia should not have a close game against Vanderbilt. If it's even close, do we have to talk about, like, does Georgia even belong in that top four? Like, Come on, they can't keep playing down to their competition. So, all things considered, 
I, I don't know as much about James Madison here. So I have liked from what I've heard, I've heard good things. So, you know, they've adjusted quite nicely to the FBS. But, you know, again, my main – out of those games, my my eyes are going to be on that Oklahoma game. They cannot afford to get blown out if, if Venables wants to keep his job. Yeah. All right. Um, did you – so I just want to throw something out there. Um do you think Arch Manning's going to decommit from Texas with the way Quinn Ewers is playing? No, mainly because I think uh, Arch is he's going to come in there next year and he's going to sit behind Ewers. But I think Ewers is just going to be going to the draft after next year. So unless Arch expects to be an immediate starter, then I don't even know why he would have committed to, to Texas in the first place. I think he kind of wants that year to sit, learn the system, you know, kind of get that – adjustment to college mainly because and i think it's going to be the smart decision because no quarterback coming out of high school i that i can think of i mean trevor lawrence had all the expectations in the world but he didn't have the manning name attached to him he didn't have that level of media attention and all of the eyes on him like arch is going to have coming into texas so i think arch plays a smart red shirts learns the system gets adjusted you know kind of gets that college level training, particularly in the weight room. I think if he's smart, I, I think he doesn't even protest it. Let Quinn Ewers have the job for a year. Big whoop. You know, he can then come out in 2025, 2026, and uh, then just lets it roll from there. I, I That's what I think. You know, I, I'm now seeing the, 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 the <laughs> ESPN breaking news rolling on the bottom here. And <laughs> Notre Dame proves just saving wrong with great women against a much superior BYU team. Ha ha ha, guys. <laughs> I, I don't know where that came from. ESPN just sent that over. I, I don't know. Clearly, clearly. Clear, clearly. I, I don't know where that came from. I have no control of that. But I, just, I, I don't mess with those kind of things. I don't know. That has happened. No, no. I, I, think, I think this is good. You know, it, it, I now know to never pick against Notre Dame again, even if they haven't been showing what they need to show throughout the season. Notre oh. Dame, CFB champs every year. Like, like, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, also, um, in the next couple of weeks, you guys will see stuff on Twitter. Um, me and Tony are going to the Notre Dame-Clemson game. So keep an eye out. We'll post videos, you know, pictures, all the things. The celebration after the victory over over yeah. Uh, Clemson. So, yeah, yeah. Just well, getting fired because he'll probably again. pick Clemson. Well, I'll bring a I'll bring a picture. Maybe I'll wear a shirt with his picture on it, and then like he could be there with us in spirit on the on the game. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm gonna It'll watch be a live podcast. We'll do a live I, podcast from the Notre Dame game. Yeah, live. You guys are just gonna be in the stands there interviewing people. What do you think about just Saban picking against Notre Dame every year? <laughs> Or every exactly. game, rather. Exactly, exactly. And then you'd be like, who? <laughs> but, you know, screw him anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up, guys. You know, my thoughts on this is I really want to watch that Texas-Iowa State game. I just have a feeling something weird is going to happen in that game. But I also feel like um, Texas this is the game over the last few years Texas would lose after a big win over an opponent or a game where they kept it close versus a superior opponent. And then they come in and lay an egg. So I want to see if they actually lay get here or, or if they get through and they, they just take care of business. Then I'm interested to actually say, I think I actually would say Texas is back at that point. Um, outside of that, you know, all these games should be great. We look forward to watching and 
um, interacting with you guys on Twitter. As, as a reminder, you can join us uh, throughout the week and on, on game day on In the Flat Pod on Twitter, on InTheFlatPodcast.com for our website. And we look forward to continue bringing you some content throughout the weeks, um, throughout the rest of the season. So thank you guys, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye.